Welcome to the tech segment of We're Drunk and We Know Things. This week, month, apparently we are doing the Internet of Things, which is apparently a thing. We're doing all the things. All the things? Yep. Uh, apparently, yeah, apparently. I don't know any of what this is at all. Uh, we're still in the Prince of Wales. We're still drinking Horn Swoggle. Actually, we're not, because they're out, so I'm drinking um, oh. Doombar. Okay, and I'm... Am I? What am I drinking? I've got no idea. I'm drinking beer. Uh, let's do this. That's what I do. I drink. And I know things. Internet of things. Yes. Things on the internet. Things of the internet. Or on it. It's not things on the internet, is it? Well, actually, it kind of is. Okay. So we're used to the internet, and this is the distinction between, I suppose, people on the internet and things. Because people are not things. Are we talking about bots? We do actually talk a little (laughs) bit about bots. (laughs) But more than that, we're talking about, what, a proliferation of devices that have become connected online. Yep. Uh, And... The interconnectivity of things. The interconnectedness... And because they're networked, they're all talking to each other and what have you, we have the Internet of Things. Right, okay, all right, okay, you're right. Happy with that? Yeah. Good. Because otherwise it'd be tough shit, wouldn't it? We're talking about. Are you good with it? Because I was fucking lucky, mate. Really one sided podcast. I did try and find out who originated the the phrase Internet of Things. Roger Kipling. And. No, it was not worth a try. Too early. Went too early. Should have said James Cameron, you might have bought that. Yeah. Damn it. Was it? Well, no, because the thing is, in trying to find out, actually, apparently, there's a whole bunch of people Mm. who all claim or are somehow credited with it. Doesn't sound like the internet at all. (laughs) (laughs) They can't all have been the first person to say it. So I'm not going to mention any of them. Mm. No, not one. Fuck them. Yeah. Where did it come from? Where did it go? I told you this. This outline, sorry, for the, the listeners who don't know, we have a shared outline for every episode. Not all the details, but the, basically the, the various key points. It's true. And the outline Where did for it come this from? Bit. What kind of things? Challenges? Amazing fact. Cotton Nigel. It does go like that. That's amazing. <laughs> Which was completely unintentional. But uh, probably the most interesting that's going to happen during this segment. Um, where did it come from? Well, it came from, frankly, inevitability. That, Mr. Anderson, is it the is sound inevitable. of inevitability. It is inevitable. Right? Um, yeah. Because we started out connecting stuff to networks, and inevitably, some of the stuff that we were connecting was not actually... It didn't have a person on it, the other end of it. Sure. Um, probably the most famous early example um, is the, uh, the coffee pot webcam. The coffee pot webcam. Yeah, this is really famous. This is like the first ever big webcam. And this was a uh, computer <laughs> science lab in, uh, I can't remember the university now. It's in the UK, I think. Right. Might be and the what US. was it filming? People making coffee? No, no. It was basically because the coffee pot was like two floors down from the CompSci lab. Right. And so the CompSci <laughs> students wanted to be able to glance over and check if there was coffee in the coffee pot before they went all the way down there. Oh, so it's not a webcam on, mounted on the coffee pot? No. Okay. But it is kind of, I suppose, an early example of how we can use networking and technology sure. to solve a problem. In this case, getting down if two floors and discovering that. It like, I'm not going downstairs. I've got to make coffee. Fuck them. 
I've just been told by our producer that, in fact, yes, it was. It was the University of Cambridge. So right, of course it was. <laughs> nerds. Hey, nerds who produce <laughs> no. some of the best comedy of our generation. Uh, no, no, nerds who knew when there was coffee, so fair enough. Or, more importantly, knew when there wasn't. Hmm. And what we've got is this kind of weird transitionary phase where everything's kind of getting more and more connected and people are carrying around devices yeah. that are more and more connected yeah, yeah, sure. and inevitably watches, glasses watches, glasses, smartphones inevitably there starts to become a groundswell of innovation around right. specifically these devices yeah, yeah. so what kind of things are on the internet of things Mike? well because I've watched Silicon Valley I know that fridges are a thing the smart fridge. The smart fridge is probably it's, it's the poster boy. I like dash buttons, right? Amazon dash buttons. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's get back to dash buttons in a minute because okay, they're on. they're kind of cool and okay. useful. Smart ah, fridge is the poster child of the Internet of Things <laughs> revolution. Right. Um, and the idea being that you know your fridge is connected to the internet, so it can monitor what you put in it. Yep. It can tell you when it's going out of date. Right. Uh, Why does it have to be connected to the internet to do that? Because it can order more stuff when it's gone out of date. Oh, right, okay. So your cheese is out of date. We'd be like, why have I got all this cheese? Because that cheese in your fridge is blue. Yeah. And not in a good time. Also, frankly, I'm not sure what happens if you go on holiday. Give it all to your neighbour. Well, you have to empty your fridge, (laughs) but let's say you don't. Early days, you're 20-something. Burns itself down and and orders itself a new version of itself. And basically the fridge just keeps ordering milk. Oh, yeah, that's true. But then somebody has to put milk in the fridge. Then where are you? No. You need Uh, a robot. They do, and probably will at some point. (laughs) You need a drone. They'll be tied into the drone landing pad on the roof. (laughs) The drone, Amazon drone, will come in through the hatch in the roof. Anyway, go on. I mean, the thing is, actually, that dash buttons and Amazon drones and all of this are the current, one of the current major battlegrounds of the Internet of Things. This idea that we can just connect a whole bunch of stuff together and remove the people from the scenario. Yeah. Um, Amazon are, are famously doing test flights with drones that deliver all sorts of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, they also have things like the uh, Amazon Echo, so yeah, you get voice activation, which is like uh, smart homes, I guess. It's attached to your lights. Yeah, and shit. totally. Uh, you yeah. can wire it through because this is the big thing about IoT. Um, is that actually you have maybe a voice control unit, and yeah. it's networked with your smart home control system. Or your anything, e-commerce it? Start the car, turn yeah. on the lights, Absolutely. open the skylights. Because if it's all connected... Kill them at kids. Yeah. It also means... Yeah. I'm just No, I'm just going to let that one ride. Okay. <laughs> we went dark real fast. I'm a visionaire. Uh, but it does mean that, frankly, think of the practical jokes. Because you've already got people who walk in and see an Amazon Echo and say, Amazon, order 300 blue rolls. Sure, yeah, of course. Now, let's combine that with the fact that you've got a smart bathroom and a drone landing pad, and those things have arrived <laughs> before you've had time pad. to say no. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, incredible. And then the fridge is just doing its thing. Yeah. An awful lot of this stuff, I'm not going to lie, smacks of... Gimmicks? It's gimmicky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of this... Like how much you actually need your fridge to order a pint of milk. Yeah, the, the whole voice ordering, like auto Like, if you're a shut-in, maybe, but... Yeah. Even then, it's not a problem... It's not solving a problem. Ordering online, by the way, is amazing. Getting groceries delivered, of course. fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. But getting them automatically delivered because we know that we run out of it, it's not a problem. Um, unless you've gone, like, full IoT kitchen 
at which point it would be quite nice if maybe every so often I wouldn't have to remember I'm, to I'm, order more capers. Yeah, that would that kind of thing would yeah. be good because that's like the milk is one thing I wouldn't forget about when it was like you were out of maraschino cherries or something. Edge, that would be quite The edge case groceries. Like if I woke up after you've been around one night and it, I woke up and there was just two bottles of bourbon and a bottle of gin on the doorstep, that'd be quite handy. Because the next night when I wake, the next day when I go and have a gin and tonic and we've drunk all the gin the night before. I don't remember drinking all the gin. But at the same time, think about if you've got immediate drone delivery, you've actually just invented a just very quick way to kill us. An unending <laughs> fleet of drones flying at my house. Oh no, with this one's empty. Don't worry about gin. it. There's another one inbound. You can hear the drone in the air already. Mm. <laughs> um, there is a serious side to IoT, um, increasingly. Um, and we see some of it again in kind of consumerism gimmicky stuff, but health. Or like, I need a new heart, or I need insulin. Or, uh, yeah, so, um, <laughs> no, connected and alerting insulin monitors for right. diabetes sufferers, they're a huge, okay. sure, huge yeah, market. Okay. Um, and this does things like, firstly, you get the monitor so you don't have to do the pesky test where you're, you're prick having your to prick your finger and all the rest yeah, of it. Yeah, sure. uh, and you get real-time updates, you get alerts, but also, in the event that you go into, in, uh, I can't remember what the term is, like insulin and shock, um, it can basically phone the emergency services. It can tell them exactly sure, where you yeah, are. Yeah. Well, is that, and that's based on something you wear? Yeah, on a based on something you wear and a smartphone, to be honest. Right, okay. The smartphone is the cornerstone, I suppose, of a lot of IoT shit. Mm. Um, not least of which because, frankly, they're incredibly good at yeah, being yeah. incredibly well connected and gathering an awful lot of data. Not in a creepy way, just... Yeah, okay, I haven't kicked off yet. It's got GPS As long as you frame it in a it's saving people's lives way, I'm I'm on board. Well, even if it isn't, the fact that it's got GPS, the fact that it's got accelerometers and what have you makes it perfectly suited. it's technology being used for a altruistic reason, it seems seems good. Yeah, sure. Um, Wearables, also part of the IoT stable. So these are things like Fitbit, um, Jawbone and what have you. Apple Watches and all that kind of business. Yeah. The watches, which are hilarious because they're so unsuccessful. I mean, like crazy unsuccessful. He says whilst wearing one. Yeah, I'm a nerd. It is cool, um, though, to be fair. It kind of is. Although the, like the, I feel like the only reason to have an Apple Watch at the moment is because you actually just want one. Yeah. You don't need. Nobody needs one. It doesn't do anything your phone doesn't do. But also, they're pretty cool. I, I have a perfectly one. good watch. I feel that like I does wanna, a better job of telling. I want to be Michael Knight and be able to talk to Kit. So I want an Apple Watch. Who's got time to put their f- hand in their pocket? Anymore. <laughs> I know what I said. No, I, I have an actual watch. Yeah, yeah it, it's amazing. It, it's Swiss. It goes tick. Um, in fact, it doesn't go tick. It's got a sweep hand on it. Yeah, oh, nice. Mm. Um, but no, currently I'm wearing a ridiculous piece of, of silicon on my wrist that basically which is tells me. Which to the second you tipped it up face-wise, it immediately turned the screen on oh, and yeah, showed you the that's time. But this is. Oh, do, you, yeah. do you want to know how retarded watches are, as in smart watches? Um, let's say, for example, that you wanted to time something. Like, right. you know that you're like maybe... watch. You're frying a steak, okay? Right. And you know that that steak needs a minute and a half each side. I ball it myself, but I know what you're saying. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, maybe you've had a bit to... Dr- oh, right, no, you definitely eyeball it. <laughs> no, I know By what you're way, saying, I know what you're saying. The thing I love about the smartwatch is, of course it's got the second hand, it's really accurate and what have you, mm. but that whole flick your wrist up and the screen comes on thing, mm. it will also time out... So it will go dark again in about 30 seconds. Oh, really? So if you want to time 40 seconds, you are proper for timing anything. <laughs> and considering so a watch's main job is the ticking timing. Hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway yeah. we do have uh, fitness 
as a, a key market. In sure, I, and I, I use my phone for that. That's super good for like GPS tracking, like yeah. uh, map my run and all a that kind of stuff. Runkeeper, Strava, and all of this. Steps and all that. And nonsense. basically, it's given the kind of you know the old passive aggressive gym bunny a whole new way to be yeah, yeah. obnoxious about how fit they are. Yeah. And, and just how check bad out my you just check out my Facebook feed about your life. My Facebook feed is a picture of ribs that I'm about to eat, and then a picture of saying I ran 5k in a very very long amount of time because I'm in good shape and also a fat fuck. <laughs> But at the same time, what it has meant is that actually we can now you know, publicise this stuff, we can share the information, yeah. and if you really get down to it, you can tie it back. If you're really training for an event, you're training to run a marathon yeah. or similar, that data is really useful. There are legit reasons to use yeah. it, Not but just mostly being people use it to go on Facebook, on Facebook and go, I went for a run today, so I'm better than you. Yeah. And no. by the way, I am yeah. better yeah. than totally. most of you. I mean, when you consider that if you go on my Facebook <laughs> at the moment, you see a picture of the last cocktail I drank. Nice, yeah. And Planet before Manhattan. that. Yeah, nice. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I get you, I get you. Um, the fact that you can upload your latest <laughs> yeah, run to yeah. Instagram speaks yeah. volumes. It's just a picture of the route that you ran and the time it took and how far you ran is... who? What is that helping? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the only... There are two um, kind of fitness application apps that I've found to be fun... Mm. As in genuinely fun. Mm. Um, I use uh, one called Slopes on skiing. Right. That's not a fitness thing, but yeah. it does get you to. Re- it allows somebody to replay my run down the mountain. Oh right. Okay. Which means, firstly, of course, I'm hoping that they're going to just gasp in awe when I really get up ahead of steam yeah, and yeah, hit yeah, my sure, top sure. speed of about ten miles an hour. But that's meant to be so that you could repeat the same run again, that a run that you really enjoy. Yeah, yeah, totally. But in reality, actually people can replay the moment where I fell over and spent fifteen minutes trying to get my left ski back on. Right, okay, yeah. Because literally it has you tracked going in one space. We've also got the inevitable kind of outreach of um, technology into vehicles. And this is right, yeah. really, really kind of cool. Because, I mean, I've got a not very smart Tesla. smart car. Mm. Tesla have a super smart smart sure, car. Sure, yeah. But if you think so about smart, the you can hack into it and crash them yeah. off a cliff and stuff. <laughs> if you think <laughs> about the number of different points at which having a networked device in your car is useful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just navigation is an obvious one. We talked yeah, about sure. GPS. Yeah, yeah, of course. But tra- real-time traffic avoidance and reporting. Yeah. Um, if you know that you're about to come up on a gridlock section because there's been an accident mm. and it can just automatically reroute you. And like updated traffic, um, you know, like roadworks and that kind of stuff yeah, as well. Totally. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And even things like, you know, I'm uh, within the vehicle monitoring how you're driving and potentially being able to give you tips on maintenance is due or okay, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. all of this shit. Sure, yeah. Um, you get an alert on your phone the oil is low. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Or your tyre pressures need sorting or... The really fun thing with vehicles is when you get into this whole kind of hive mind thing, which is where you start to get a little bit tinfoily. Well, with good reason. But yeah, grouping these networks of vehicles together and all of a sudden you've got all sorts of interesting stuff going. Yeah. Intercar communication is something that has been trialled. But intercar communication is also things like avoiding crashes and 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 also like uh, if you get a, a bigger data group is better than a small one in terms mm-hmm. of like how a car performs and which routes are the quickest and that kind of stuff and make that makes sense certainly yeah and to go one step even bigger than the road network and the cars that we all drive we also have this this concept of something called a smart city which actually loads of internet of things, devices all connected together. Right. And these are doing things like monitoring footfall, they're monitoring air quality, they're monitoring temperature. It sounds like New Detroit. 
<laughs> a little bit. Yeah. There's actually been some really good test cases, um, mostly in Europe, I'm not going to lie, although there were a couple in the US. No. And what they've found is that being able to measure this data completely anonymously um, has allowed them to make massive improvements to the experience of living in this space. Right. Jersey, interestingly, has a very real example that they've recently widened a pavement, uh, the one that runs alongside our favourite coffee shop. Sure, yeah, yeah. They shall remain nameless because they haven't agreed to the sponsorship deal. Bastards. Um, They know my name now, but they won't cough up any money for sponsorship. And we, that, have, we also haven't approached them for it, so he probably as a result of monitoring yeah. of a pedestrian flow purely on that seat. Now that's not right. smart um, because I mean, it was yeah. a specific. It's smart with a small end, target, smart yeah. with a bigger end. But big if you have a city that is automatically monitoring and reporting all of this stuff all the yeah, time, yeah. Yeah. then you can learn all sorts of really useful. Oh, all these all these GPS signals are suddenly walking along the road here in this one place. We should, yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah. And also, you know, this space gets busy at this time, so potentially maybe you then right. get into back to traffic. You get into things like. You know, smart speed control and smart traffic control. Yeah, yeah. So sure. we'll shut this road at this point because make this we one know a pedestrianised area at these yeah, times yeah. and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I've got. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So it's all kind of cool. Um, yeah. And there's tin foil hat is approaching more. the top of my head, but yeah, I'm, I'm still loads on board. more examples. Um, yeah. We talked about health. We talked about home. We talked about city. We talked about driving. Talk about the automating of NORAD. Um, NORAD is kind of already automated. No, really, it is. Um, let's go a little bit, a little bit more sci-fi. Uh, smart clothing. Smart clothing. Yeah. I've read a thing. I'm sure I saw a thing. Yeah, go on. Sorry, I saw a thing about this the other day. Okay, there was about something about. Um, ah, I can't remember what it was. It was. Uh, no, I, I can't remember. It's fine. So, the smart wearable revolution is not only smart fabric but also connected garments. Right. And you might be thinking, why the hell would I want my garment connected? Like a onesie. (laughs) (laughs) Jumpsuit. Boiler suits, they've had them for years. Yeah. Yeah, But now they're smart. Smart So there are companies out there that are working on uh, things like um, UV sensing that will actually increase the UV blocking in the garment in real time. What, when it it becomes UV? more reflective if it's what? sunny and okay. less reflective if it's not. <laughs> what? Yeah. Okay, right. This is a legit thing. Right. Um, also, in terms of safety, you can get um, certain garments for cycling, for example, right. that have built-in lighting and light sensors. Oh, and it's like the thing when, 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 you fall off, when you fall off, it's got an accelerometer yeah, and, yeah. and it, a helmet inflates can, around your head and stuff like that. You can get, um, I was getting to that, safety equipment. Oh, sorry. That's <laughs> no, fine. You weren't to know. Um, safety equipment that picks yeah. up on the fact that you crash. Not only does it pop out like an airbag around your neck on a, on, on a motorcycle or similar, yeah, yeah. Um, but actually some of the more modern ones can phone 999 or 911 oh, wow, okay. or 112 for our European sure, listeners yeah, um, and they give you GPS positioning again so it's all kind of starting to be interconnected mental, yeah. okay. and the thing is these things are actually again pretty rudimentary because they're hmm. using a smartphone or a similar connection it's using things that already exist but in new ways it's not necessarily groundbreaking but it's just groundbreaking ways that they're using existing technology. Well, in fact, if you've dumped a motorbike at 90 miles an hour, the last thing you need to do is try and find your left hand so that you can dial yeah, a Yeah, of course. Where's my phone? It's in my pocket. Oh my God, my, fo- my pocket's 40 yeah. metres down the road. Yeah. Sure. Knowing that you're in a position of, of safety because of the yeah, equipment yeah. you're wearing. Um, like in Demolition Man when he crashes a car and it fills up the phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. 
Um, with you. <laughs> but you've got some you've got some fun stuff as well. I mean, uh, going back to fitness, obviously Nike uh, partnered with Apple quite famously yeah, to fit sure. sensors to running shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is now pretty much a, a normal thing in training. You have smart shoes that are telling yeah, you yeah. not only how many steps you're doing because that's like really how many easy. foot pounds of tension you're putting in your knees. Yeah, and how many foot like pounds that, yeah. tension and also how you're landing, where your feet are in terms yeah, yeah. of exact angle that's position. Mental, isn't it? Yeah. And of course, our uh, mutual spared, uh, mutual shared pastime rather. Yeah. Golf, yes. Yeah, look at the gadget tree that's Well, that's mental. Golf. Yeah, it's yeah. Insane. Of course, like the sensors on the wrist for the swing, and the sensors in the pocket for the hips, and yeah, feet sensors. But again, you tie all club that sensors, together, and all yeah, of a sudden, of it's like literally, I can probably, I'm not that far away from being able to watch you just play around. And this of doesn't golf feel at all like Skynet learning no. more and more information about us before they can, like, you know, learn know your enemy. You know. Well, fair enough. They know every that we can't thing about drive, us. and we're very bad like, at golf. We're going to start a war, but and we're going to have to. We'll have to form a weapon where he has to be able to hit it straight two hundred yards. Otherwise, he's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a nerdy golf joke. Anyway, go on. There are some. There are some big challenges though in this space because it is still burgeoning, right. as is everything technological. Sure. You know, it grows at a massive speed and all the rest of it. We talked about that yeah. briefly in uh, episode F, for the future. Nice. Uh, Good, nice callback. It was, a, it was a, probably the worst technical episode ever. Cause we, I, it, did anybody notice that we never actually got round to discussing the future? I very vaguely remember it, to be honest, <laughs> which might be the reason, but go on. Yeah. <laughs> and some of the challenges, let's get it out of the way, because our producer was told me that I have to bait you lightly. Um, security. The challenges are, for example, we're teaching an, an AI all of our weaknesses yeah. and all strengths. So security and privacy, blah, blah, right. blah. Um, you know. We're sharing a lot of data publicly. Most of it's being owned by large corporations. Enormous corporations who are building um, enormous AIs. They're probably building enormous AIs. We're talking about the security of the human race. We are. We're also talking about bots. We are talking about bots. Or what bots Steely could do. Steely alloyed bots that hold machine guns. I've just seen Terminator 2 again. I know how it ends. Bastards. Well, actually. Huh? Terminator 2 has a happy ending. Does it? Yeah, they well, live. Terminator 3 is on it. It's a well, they thing, didn't know so. that when they made Terminator 2. Anyway, we digress. <laughs> so, security is a big deal. Um, yeah. Because, let's face it, nobody really cares if your smartwatch gets hacked, but knowing where I am... But it's all the biometric thing, deal. isn't it? And there's more, the more that biometrics become part of security, if we're tracking every aspect of our biometrics, doesn't it get easier to...? Possibly, but frankly, if they're tracking every aspect of everything, it gets easier to do everything, so yeah, the security yeah, gets better. Yeah, sure. It's more about securing that data and what you can do with it, securing access to those devices. Yeah. So um, I think you mentioned Silicon Valley, right, earlier yeah, on. Yeah, of course, with the interconnected um, fridges. And their big call-out is that they have a smart fridge yeah. uh, that they managed to hack, and an yeah. entire network of smart fridges is then used to run their, their platform. To house the platform, yeah. yeah sorry if you haven't seen the latest season, by the way. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. um, the reality is, harking back to our conversation last time about... Yeah hacking, they're probably going to end up using your fridge to do something that you really don't want to be associated with. They actually, no, but they also want like stuff like your debit card details, which you'd have yeah. to put into your smart fridge. They don't necessarily so, want to know how much milk you drink. And yeah. traditionally, the security around the IoT space is not great. Really? Well, yeah, because there's lots of people researching how do you break into a computer. It's all done at Amazon. But there's not many people researching how you break into a chip-controlled fridge that you've just connected to the network and therefore the world. And remember what I said about what happens when you connect something. 
Yeah, exactly. If your fridge is connected to your phone, then technically, they, if they get access to your fridge, yeah. they have access to your phone, and yeah. It's a vector in. Yeah. Uh, and even if they don't, frankly, it's not like they're going to just randomly order vast quantities of Leodama. Joke's um, on you, I've got all the milk I can ever drink. <laughs> Joke's on you, I'm lactose intolerant. Uh, God. <laughs> yes. But it's yeah. more the fact that, yeah, it's a vector into the network, it's a vector into a whole yeah, bunch yeah, of other yeah. stuff. Yeah. And some of this shit does get a bit scary because if you've got, you know, video uh, enabled IoT devices or voice uh, enabled, uh, you know, Amazon Echo, yeah, yeah. not to say that Amazon Echo has this problem, but that kind of device. Well, didn't they have a thing with um, the Xbox uh, thing where the advert with Aaron Paul kept turning on Xboxes? Oh, yeah. So the advert for Hello Xbox or whatever it was kept turning on Xboxes all over the place. Yeah, and, stuff like and that. Uh, Echo had Seems the same super thing with, with Seems Burger King. Yeah. Um, and they got told off and what have you, but it's more actually... Like, do don't buy an Alexa if you, you live in a house with someone called Alexa because you're proper fucked. <laughs> you can rename it. Okay. It does have different trigger words. Did you re- Can you really do that? Yeah. Right, so... Next time then, I go to my friend's house, I'm definitely renaming their Alexa then, fuckface. You haven't, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, have to choose from one of their four no, well to that, stop you doing that. Well, fuck you. Because otherwise, I would they never cl- were fun. I, I would clearly have called mine Jarvis. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. But no, well, fuckface. You're I mean, in this. Fine. You're in this space <laughs> yeah. where we've got a device that's always listening. Yep. And fair enough, it only activates when we say the activation word. Oh, so it's a whole thing with the, like, the no NSA and stuff, isn't it? But it but only activates like, when we yeah, say yeah. the activation word. Well, actually, they're, listening, they're constantly getting data of what are you talking about, what films are you talking about. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, and frankly, the number of things that randomly activate it are quite worrying. Uh, you know, yeah. We're just sat there watching telly and it will light up and say, I'm sorry, I didn't understand that. It's like, yes, that's because nobody was talking to you, you good. dumbass bot. That's amazing. Have you ever seen those videos of the Alexas talking to each other? I've seen Alexa versus uh, Siri. Oh, if that's you were, amazing. If Alexa, Alexa and Alexa is just amazing because they just—it's just like, you know, in those old Star Trek uh, episodes when they ask a computer something, it blows up. It almost feels a bit like that. They're just going around in this infinite loop of just ridiculousness. It's so good. Um, so security is a challenge. It's a bit of a problem because, frankly, yeah. a lot of this stuff is made on the cheap. Sure. Um, Mass produced in China or yeah, totally. God knows where and by children. People aren't really doing the diligence that perhaps they should. Sure, of course. And depending on the thing that is interneted, you know, frankly, fridge not a massive issue. Yeah. My car but a speaker is a bit just, of a problem. A speaker that's just got a mic on it is quite a big deal, like an yeah. eavesdropper in your house. And you can put ten of them in your house. Brilliant. Yeah. I really love ten corporate spies living in my no, house. It's only like, one corporate spy, but they can listen to you in every room. Yeah, brilliant. In perfect yeah. stereo. Oh. Yeah, your car is a bigger problem. Sure, yeah. You don't yeah, want people tinkering. No, of course not. No, um, absolutely not. And also, you don't want people knowing where you are. You don't want people knowing where you go. You know, the fact that you stop off every night on the way home from work. And I don't need Amazon knowing that I'm having a sneaky pasty on the way home, even though yeah. I'm on diet. All wankers. of a sudden. Suddenly, my fridge shops me to my wife when it says, you are out of ginsters, you bastard. <laughs> ginsters are meant to be between me and you. That's why you have the incognito tabs on the Google Chrome. You need even an incognito profile. IoT on isn't even that advanced. There is no incognito mode in the fridge where mm. you basically want to put like your <laughs> fat person's list. Like I want, like I want some sausage rolls. I want some ice cream. I mean, I nothing. I mean, go switch normal, normal mode. I want kale, and I want, I want Taylor. The want only things bacon. you record going to the fridge are kale, <laughs> quinoa salad, wife mode, and engage me mode. wife mode, <laughs> and scotch egg, yeah, exactly, and yeah. Ben and Jerry's. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Um, but the, other, the other more interesting challenges than, than security and privacy 
let's talk about pure numbers and address space. Because this address is kind of hard. Space. Address space is In terms of IP addresses? or yeah, like exactly physical IP addresses. addresses. Oh, okay, right. There's a limited number. Been doing this for a while now, Rob. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Um, and the thing is, if you think that when it was nice and easy, it was like maybe one home had one computer, or maybe later on one person So that's something I don't know. Something you can tell me. I've Go got on. three computers in my house. Yes. Do they have three IP addresses, or is it one IP address or three machines? Uh, both. Brilliant. <laughs> 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 of course it is. Well, no, because what will happen is you have a network in your home. <laughs> yeah, I got it. So the router has an IP address? The router has two IP addresses. Why? Why? Because it has one that it uses to connect to the wider world, the internet IP the internet, address, the yeah. external or, or WAN IP address, right. wide area network. Right. Well, that's what WAN means. Okay, it has an internal IP address that <laughs> right. uses to talk to everything else. Right. Would it not be easier to have one? Well, I no. mean. Call because me crazy, your stuff can only talk to things on the same IP address range. Oh, okay. Network. So, yeah, okay, that makes so sense. So, basically, okay, it listens sense. to stuff from your stuff and then sends it out to the internet and then right. it comes back and then it sorts it all out. Right. Even so, then, then the computers that are attached to it have a third party IP address that attaches to the second IP address, which is attached to the first IP address that attaches to the internet. Yeah, kind of. Jesus. <laughs> okay. I suppose the thing is, <laughs> if you think of it this way, um, if you live in a really posh apartment building, right. your address is going to be I'd 23 to Park Lane. Well, this is not me. You know that you are apartment 477. Sure. But your address is 23 Park Lane because the concierge at the desk will take you your mail. Well, he you needs to know analogy. where yeah, your apartment okay, yeah, yeah, is. Yeah, sure, yeah. The outside world does not. So the router is a concierge. The router is the, the door Big Mac Daddy concierge of data. <laughs> the Big Mac Daddy. The Big Mac Daddy concierge of data. And th the worst thing about that is is that he's got such a long business card. <laughs> <laughs> so such a big wordy... It's, it's not in the business card, it's a cricket bat. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, yeah. But no. address space for IoT stuff, if it's internal to your home, that's fine because it's connecting to your network. And your network's probably limited to like 250 devices, right? 254 sure, to be okay. exact. Right, okay. Um, but that can be changed. So I can't have 255 devices no. attached to my one router? No. That's bullshit. Not unless you reconfigure it. That's not, um, why did I fucking pay him money then? It, do you have 250? Well, if we all get a watch and a phone and shoes and tops and computers and... Oh, I see. This is where you're going. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you've we've gone from down having one device to maybe one device per person. That was very well done. To maybe three <laughs> devices per person. To yeah. maybe, uh, frankly, the toaster's got devices. Well, each shoe's got to have a different IP address. Well, of course. You need to know left each and leg right. Of your, each, each leg of your shorts. Each, each sleeve <laughs> of your top. Each eye. From my two contact lenses with my heads-up displays on them. Your smart lenses. My smart lenses, indeed. My this smart is testicles. starting to cause a few problems because we're running out of IP addresses. <laughs> Quite fast. We're just skipping past smart testicles, then, are we? We are very. Oh, okay, yeah. right. <laughs> smart balls with a Z. Smart balls. Nah. <laughs> copyright it for fuck's sake. You need to copyright get the domain that. name. Smartballs. <laughs> domain com. name it. Everything. Get everything. Get everything. No, you need to get the Twitter handle and the domain name. <laughs> the modern day copyright. That's <laughs> like go on, go on. Um, and there's been a couple of things that they need to try and change. They say they've launched a new version of IP addresses. Right. They okay. did this. They don't all start with 192 anymore. They don't all start with um, three numbers anymore. They're now however bloody long they are. 192, okay. by the way, IP addresses that are internal to a private network. 
Oh, right. So yeah, when so I see the 192 thing, you're in that's, an office so that's home. the only IT I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. So. Oh, okay, right. So, but the router, the IP address of my router then will not start with 192. No, probably 212 or something like that. Okay. I think 212. Is, like is it a bit like a dialing code? Is it different countries have different ones? Uh, different ISPs have codes. different ranges, but almost all home networks are on 192 net. Right. So you're on 192.168. something. Sure, sure. So's my house. So's our producer's house. Mm. When he's actually paid the electricity company. Indeed. Um, Which he's beckoning, he is not. Jesus. <laughs> so they've had to reinvent the IP address space because we're getting more and more devices connected. And this was kind of happening anyway with websites and, mm. and servers and whatnot. But it's increasingly... I mean, there's a lot of GeoCity sites. So. Increasingly a problem. GeoSmart City sites. <laughs> the other one is interoperability between these devices because the Internet of Things only really gives us benefit when they can talk to other things. Oh, so like Apple doesn't speak to Android and Android is shit. <laughs> I'm just, I say that purely based on the fact that I've got Apple stuff I actually don't know Android might be better don't know eh, no, better also don't care um, no that's the thing don't care but you're right they don't talk to each other very well because sure. that pisses me off that I've got all my stuff on my iPad and my TV or my Blu-ray player say if you've got these special things you can totally do all this and I go well I haven't yeah so stop being a dick. What, why has everything I mean, got to be so fucking branded? It's all massively vertical. It's all wall garden. And yeah, if you've yeah, got yeah. Samsung gear, you can only use Samsung gear to sure. talk to it. Sure. And the fact that you can get iTunes on Windows and let it speaks to your phone is a fucking miracle, as far as I'm concerned. It's and even that was a, a it was a concession. Yeah. They didn't want to do it, and they didn't do it for ages. No, the thing is, when you've got things like your fridge is uh, online, your toaster's online, your car's online, right. and you have a smartphone, which may or may not be an Apple device, an Android device, or a Windows phone device. <laughs> sure. Yeah, indeed. Let's not forget Sorry. Windows <clears throat> devices. Yeah. Those if ones that everyone totally uses. Um, we, I keep getting emails all the time now from work that say, uh, this um, accessibility for Windows devices is no longer being afforded by the company because... No fuck has got it, and it's not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much gone, right? Yeah, it's died it's like death. no one's... They had one phone out or something? I don't know. They had loads, but... don't forget but about those awesome tablets that they released with those adverts. You can't see me, but I'm looking like I'm playing the piano, and there's someone skateboarding around me at the same time or something. Do you think everybody you know who has a Surface Book or whatever they're called, are, they're really, really they appreciative. They were good Surfaces, yeah. were they? Um, they also just got slammed in a review rating thing, because apparently they're incredibly unreliable. Shocker, that. Yeah. Not a Windows machine, Windows it was unreliable. Windows PC, unreliable. Who'd have thought it? The trouble is, if none of these things can talk to each other, how useful are they? Not. Not massively. And it is literally like the Tower of frickin' Babel out there at the moment. <laughs> Tower of Babel. You've got different yeah, sure. protocols, you've got different systems, you've got yeah, different yeah. languages. and My phone doesn't talk to my TV because my TV's one make and my phone's something yeah, yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and this is something that we've got to fix because, to be honest, the Internet of Things only works when they can all talk to each other. But no other. one's going to make any money if they don't all talk to each other. Yeah. I think they invented the internet. Everyone the has to buy everything that's Apple because only Apple speaks to Apple. Well, yeah, except that's only good for Apple. It's not good for you, the user or the consumer. So you're asking tech companies in ginormous, enormous conglomerate tech corporations to be altruistic I am. for the greater good. I would like you to join me. <laughs> and I am. I'm 100% on your side. And saying, you know what? But the, the Stop being such a dick about but it. But the more everyone gets together and creates one enormous, you know, system, the more we get to... Uh, to Skynet. Skynet, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Skynet. But at the same time, the more likely it is we'll be able to avoid getting to Skynet. It's Eli Roth. We'll Eli Roth. Connected. Not Eli Roth. <laughs> not Eli Roth. He's not on my side. He might be. 
I'm thinking of the other one, Tony Stark, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. He's on my side. He's having a Barney with it about Stephen Hawking's at the moment. Uh, Elon Musk. Elon Musk, that's it. He's having a Barney not even with Stephen Hawking's Stark with Mark Zuckerberg. Man. Oh, I know what I said. Yeah, right. Uh, he, okay, great. Musk is having an argument with Zuckerberg at the moment yeah. about AI, isn't he? Yeah. And the thing is, that's just AI. It's not about interconnectivity. How do you yeah. think it becomes AI? But Musk understands, as does Zuckerberg, the importance mm. of opening up these protocols. It's just, frankly... Well, Zuckerberg likes money a bit more. At <laughs> Apple's last event, they announced yet another mega home smart speaker thing that... Right talks only to other stuff so right, for yeah, god's sake course. come on I thought we were past this it needs to talk to that needs to talk to Erica or whatever her name is uh, Alexa uh, yeah you know and what they're actually doing is quite smart because the way that um, Alexa works and the way that the Amazon system works is fair enough it talks its own protocols to yeah, configure yeah. the device but then it can just go off and talk to anything so if you want to switch on your light bulb it's talking to the light bulbs like the Philips smart house thing you can yeah, buy the, the Philips smart bulbs and all that things. kind of stuff yeah a huge thing whatever happened to the um, just an aside the uh, Microsoft thing when they were going to name it after the AI from uh, Halo Corona or something Car- Cortana Cortana Where oh Cortana's still a thing is it? It's on Windows now. <laughs> Every Windows 10 PC comes with it pre-installed. I've got a Windows 10 PC, is it really? Yeah. What do I need to do? Be like, hey, Cortana. Yeah. Crash my computer. No, hey, Cortana. do that anyway. Take 25 minutes to load up iTunes. That'd be great. <laughs> hey, Cortana, could you just... I, I need to do something with the computer. Could you just randomly start updating it? Because that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Every time that I sleep, would you sleep my computer? Would you just say that I'm going to need to update 25... Cre- oh, the newest thing, the creator update. I don't give a fuck. I've got paint anymore, you dickheads. What's <laughs> happening? Not that I use paint, but what's happening? Anyway. The suggestion that they're artists. Anyway, anyway, anyway. yeah, we, we digress. We, do, we massively digress. The final, final big problem, I mean, there are other problems, but the final big problem that I've got for IoT is actually a bit more practical. Right. It's to do with power and how radio works. <laughs> right. Well, a lot of these things are designed to be remote or portable, which means you're dependent on a battery. And I think oh, we've okay. talked about batteries before. Yeah, we, we have. Yeah, we they're absolutely shipped, have. Yeah, sure, right? of course. They yeah. haven't moved on yeah. at the same pace as the technology time. they're sure. powering. Yeah. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, they've moved on massively, yeah. but it's kind of like micro-gains sure. in recent years. Yeah. Um, another problem is that a lot of these things being remote have to use radio to communicate. Right. And radio brings two problems. Firstly, radio is costly in terms of energy. Overlapping frequencies. And frequencies. Oh my God, I'm a genius. Yeah. (laughs) I just guessed that. I just totally guessed that. This is why we've got things like, you know, um, wireless networking that runs on the same frequency as microwaves. Right. So literally, you can potentially, if you've got a shitty microwave, you can disconnect somebody from the internet just by cooking your breakfast burrito. That explains an enormous amount about why my Wi-Fi is spotty on a Sunday morning. (laughs) You've gone to your smart fridge and you've taken out the breakfast. That really does. <laughs> don't buy a twenty quid microwave from. No, dude, just shop don't expect town. it to not fuck with your internet. That's amazing. Oh, get on a five gig network. Um, <laughs> but even things like you know mobile GSM, three G, four G, which stands for giant serpent muscles. Yes. I don't actually know what it stands for. It stands for um, geometric science maths. It's good enough. Sounds right. Sounds right to me. Go on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> See, this probably something I'm trying to think of something that's better than <laughs> geometric science maths and failing. It sounds scientific to me. Gobble small men. <laughs> <laughs> 
Every yeah. tiny man, you're nom 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 nom. Go Nan Smasher, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's. Okay, we'll do this all day. Let's move but on. the mobile thing is a bit of a problem because, <laughs> right. um, especially in the heyday of 3G, which depending on where you live is still the heyday. Yep. Um, they just weren't enough. There wasn't enough space in the frequency. Sure, okay, yeah. So you yeah. used to do this, and you, uh, you may have noticed that it doesn't happen quite so much anymore, where you'd go to, say, a music concert hall or somewhere that was really busy, and yeah, your yeah. phone wouldn't fucking work. No, absolutely. Because so the network was saturated. Where we were recently, we went to Groove Delec, the, the local uh, local music festival here, yeah. and I could only get 3G, not 4G, presumably because every fucker was on 4G. Well, probably because we were in a valley in the middle <laughs> yeah, of we're in the Fine. Ruin my point when I was trying to illustrate something. That's a good that point. No one else would have known if you hadn't said that, but that's and fine. And this is why telcos <laughs> do things at music festivals like run up whole cells, whole new masts, yeah, yeah, yeah. just to cover things like Glastonbury, Reading. Yeah, because they, they want Man, people. Not Burning Man, actually. No, no, Burning no, Man. But they want, they want people streaming Man. it, don't they? They yeah. want people, yeah. Uh, of course. Coachella was yeah, the one yeah. I was reaching for and okay. missed. Um, and the thing is, the more devices you have, the more space and the more noise and the more chatter. But also, it's burning battery. Yeah, now, yeah. Your phone, fair enough, the screen wastes a lot. Yeah. But GPS is expensive in terms of energy. Yeah. And so is transmission. Yeah. So what we've actually then kind of got is the next generation of radio frequency. And people are designing the next generation of radio communications with all of this shit in mind. But no, Bluetooth, low power, is really useful because that means that my watch now talks to my phone. Right. But without burning the battery that it would take uh, okay, if it was okay. a permanent permanent radio connection. Yeah. Um, we've also got things like uh, LoRaWAN. LoRaWAN is kind Laura of cool. LoRaWAN? It's a really low power, really energy efficient data transmission radio setup thing. Right. Uh, and it's designed specifically for IoT connected devices. So okay. the things that maybe don't need to be constantly connected but need to send packets of data every so often. Right, okay, yeah. So I'm, I'm not going to get into the engineering of, of kind of like a, packets a radio every so often like a shopping that, list or something like that. Yeah, or a sensor that just needs to pop up and say, yes, I am still here. Right. And it's this temperature. Right. And there's this much light and this many cow pats on top of me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What's going to get really interesting is that whilst they improved from 3G to 4G, they massively improved the concurrency and what have you in the protocol, 5G is being designed to do it even more, like order of magnitude of but additional devices. is that going devices. to require further battery power? No, it's also been designed to be more energy efficient and to allow oh, for wow, much smaller okay. packets less frequently, right. uh, which at the moment, 4G doesn't really, it's designed kind of always on massive data yeah, yeah, in massive your face receiving, just, yeah. just data balls hitting you in the face all the time slap me on the chin yeah uh, <laughs> cheeks nose all over the place whereas you know <laughs> 5g is is much more like the middle-aged couple who occasionally talk to each other and maybe hold hands every once in a while but it's nice their love isn't balls against the thighs as opposed to all over the face so those are some of the challenges <laughs> right yeah there's not really masses more to say because iot is fairly new Sure. It's it, it's young and it's going cool and crazy places, but at the moment we're still in the. It's one of those things you can go anywhere that will decide it will go. Basically, we yeah. can and tie it, it to flower pots and say that our plant the mud is too dry and we so need more water. So turn on the tap and, and it yeah, gets watered. Yeah, yeah. yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, Did I just invent something, by the way? Uh, no, that's already very much oh, the thing. Bollocks. Because no, <laughs> the thing is, any area of. Yeah. Um, existence. It's a sensor that can be tied to something like you. a tap or, yeah. And that's IoT. That's yeah, all yeah. it is. It's like beautifully combine simple. Harvesters in it's beautifully inevitable. And it's it's growing. Which brings us on to the amazing fact. Right. But Hell. this is an amazing fact that involves... I'm going to do a drum uh, okay. I'm going to do a drum roll. Don't do the drum roll. I'm going to do a drum roll. 
this amazing fact of multi involves big numbers. And right. if history on this podcast has taught complex. us anything, it's that we are not good at quantifying big numbers. And by we, you mean me. Yes. <laughs> and me, but mostly you. So, do you know how many people there are in the world? Six billion-ish. 7.4, actually, as of Fucking 2016. Hell. Wow. 7.4 billion. It's been quite people. a week. As of last year. So right. I'm guessing it's more than that now. 7.4 and a bit. Yeah. Um... How many IoT connected devices do you think there will be in 2020? 7.4 billion now. 7.4 billion people. IoT, does that include phones? IoT, phones, devices, everything. How many devices do you think there will be? I reckon there'll be more than 7 billion because people have more than one phone. I'm going to say 9 billion? You're going in the right direction, but you're way (laughs) off, and I'm not going to play this game. The best estimate at the moment, and this has been researched by right. top men. Top men? Who? Is top men. <laughs> the best estimate at the moment is 30 billion different connected <laughs> so devices. Three and a half IoT devices per, per person. person. And bear in mind, some the of those world, people, some are people very live small. in the desert and some have no people, electricity. Yeah. Right. Some of those people are Eskimos. That's our amazing fact. Even the Eskimos have got IoT. They've got so like three sled and a half cam. per person. Stop, stop buying smartphones for your children and an iPad and, and a, a Tamagotchi, whatever these kids are into these days. Oh my god, IoT Tamagotchi would, would be amazing. Would it? Always on Tamagotchi. And you could just get it on any device you wanted? Yeah, I wouldn't need, like to, an app. I wouldn't need to take the thing with you. And you could just be on, like, just on your iPad and you could feed it and you could pick it up on your phone, it would be on there. And on your watch. I think we just invented something else. I think we did, right. If you'll excuse me, I need to get to the patent <laughs> office. This has been... Uh, oh we know things, we've been talking about IoT. See you later, bye. This has been the tech segment of We're Drunk and We Know Things, where we are once again in the Prince of Wales, once again drinking Hornswoggle, Hoopsbaggen, Hoopsaddle, and some nice beers. We've been talking about the Internet of Things, and next month we're doing the world's longest podcast and talking about Jimmy, Jimmy Bond. Thanks very much. I love you.